0: the the reading your bible i always say remember i always say get in your word and read your word but if you do that as a if i do this god will bless me if i do this god will give me this if i go to church god will give me this if i pray god will give me this and god can and god sometimes does but god doesn't do everything we want god's not our errand boy we are god's errand people Good morning. God is good, amen? Even in all of our trials and tests, God is still good, and that's a wonderful thing. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Romans, chapter 9. We're just going to get right into it, okay? That sound good? Just get right into this. Romans, chapter 9, when we're there, say amen. Amen. Starting in verse 30 and following to the end of the chapter, a lot here today, three verses, but there is a lot here today that we're going to discuss. Paul's writing to the Romans, he says, What shall we say then? The Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained righteousness, even the righteousness which is by faith. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, did not attain the law of of righteousness, why not? Because they did not seek it by faith, but by the works of the law. For they stumbled over and st- stumbled over the stumbling stone. For it is written, "Look, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense." And whoever be- whoever believes in Him will not be ashamed. Father, thank you for your word today. Help us to apply it to our hearts and learn of it today, Lord. Minister to us through this word, and we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Paul gives us another another uh, picture of a faith-based system or a works-based system. He says, what shall we say then? The Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained righteousness, even the righteousness by which is by faith. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, did not attain the law of righteousness. Why not? Because they did not seek it by faith, but by the works of the law. Now, this is the difference between a works and a faith-based system. Now, We've talked about this in, on multiple times, but a faith-based system is one that we take on faith. We, we, if, if God says it, that settles it, and I believe it, right? That's a faith-based system. Whereas with a works-based system, one of the greatest examples of a works-based system, and I'm not coming down on any denominations, but the, the Catholic faith is a good example of the faith-based system or works-based system, excuse me. Now, not coming down on the Catholic faith at all, but this is an example, this is just an example of the works-based system because you go every so often, I don't know how often, you go to confession, you sit in a little booth, and you tell the priest your sins. And then the priest tells you, here's what you have to do to be absolved of your sin. And you go and do those things with the confidence and assurance that you're absolved of your sin. That is a works-based system. There is no mention of actually going to God, but you go to a priest. And the priest goes to God for you. That's a works Based system. That's what the Israelites were doing here. They were doing a works-based system by the sacrifices, by uh, the, the rituals and all the things that they were doing. That was a works-based system. Now hold on a second. Wow. Now Abraham was a Jew. Why didn't and he sacrifice and he did all these things? Why was he attained him righteousness just by his life? What's the difference? Well, the difference is Abraham just believed God. He just believed God. And we see that in the, when, when he was supposed to uh, kill his son, and he was going to do it. He was going to do it. He was going to kill Isaac. That was the faith he had. That was the, the faith that he had, and that was a faith-based faith. System. That's why it was accounted to him as righteousness, his faith in God, because he just believed God. It would to God, we all would just believe God. So many of us, so many of society and Christendom think that and feel that a works-based system is how, how it's supposed to happen. We just believe God. That's, how, that's what we should do. If God says it, that settles it. We should believe it. If God says in Romans 10:9 and 10, which we'll get to, or 1st John 1st John 9 and 10, or I think it is, where it talks about if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart, you will be saved. That scripture, if we just believe that, that's true. Salvation comes by belief in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice and resurrection, not by the things we can do to attain it. That's a works-based system. We're not saved by our works. Our works are byproducts of our faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Our works are byproducts of our faith. And this is what Paul is saying, that the Gentiles just believed Therefore, their works were based upon their faith, and their faith then brought about uh, the good works. And therefore, they attained that righteousness because of their faith, not because of their works. You see? And so that I always, when, when when I come to things like this, I always flop the mirror on myself. And this should flop the mirror on ourselves, and we say, do I believe God like that? Do I believe God like that? Do I, do I just, if God says it, do I just believe it? Or do I have to uh, be asking for signs like we talked about this morning in Sunday school? Gideon was one that, that God told him he was going to defeat the Midianites. And the Midianites were all this huge army. Of course, we know the story. And Gideon was one man and he said, you're going to defeat the Midianites with 300 people. And he said, okay, well then show me a sign. Make the ground right wet and the fleece dry, or or the other way around, and then God did that. And then He said, "Okay, well, if it's truly you, then do the other way." And so God did that, and then He still kind of struggled and, and followed God, but still kind of struggled. And then uh, God directed him to to tear down the to tear down the idol that his father built in the middle of the the town, and he did it at night so that no one would see who did it. And then when it came out that he did it, then he had then his father then defended him his son defended Gideon, and then Gideon started on that journey of getting all these men together, and then God whittled it down to 300 people. But it took, it took, to get to that point, Gideon wanted two signs. And so he believed God, but he wanted to make sure it was God. There's a difference uh, in just believing God and then saying, well, is this really God? I think if God said it and we know that God says it, then we should just believe it. And that's what Paul is saying here. The, the Gentiles just believed. They just believed. And God and, and their and their and their righteousness by faith was made was made real. He says, But Israel pursuing the law of righteousness did not attain the law of righteousness. Why not? Because they did not seek it by faith. He not seek righteousness by faith. Abraham did. Abraham sought righteousness by faith by just believing God. But as a whole, Israel didn't. Because we see that in the, in the 40 years they're wandering in the desert. You know, Moses said, I'm going to go up on the mountain and I'm going to receive laws from God. He was gone for a long time. I, I think it was 40 days or something like that. So they got tired of waiting and tired of waiting, they made their own God. Started worshiping an idol, a golden calf. And then the cycle of apostasy just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. So they did not obtain their faith by or obtain their righteousness by faith, but they tried to obtain obtain it, excuse me, by works. By works. When things were going good for them, they were all happy and good, but if they wanted something or they weren't doing, or God wasn't providing something for them, they were angry, murmuring against Moses and murmuring against Aaron and wanting, you know, the whole Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers stories where they they wanted quail, so God said, okay, you're going to have so much quail, it's going to be coming out of your noses. You're going to eat so much quail. They 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 wanted they backpedaled and they got angry with God and angry with Moses and angry with Aaron because they were in the desert and the cycle of apostasy kept going on and on and on. They were trying to do it by works. And when you do things by works, you get angry when God doesn't do what you want him to do. I've done all this, God. I've done this for you. I've went to church every Sunday. I've read my Bible every day. I've prayed every day. I do everything Pastor Josh says to do, and yet, God, you're not doing what I want you to do. Is that works-based or faith-based? See, we can even get into that. The, The reading your Bible, I always say, remember I always say, get in your word and read your word, but if you do that as a, if I do this, God will bless me, If I do this, God will give me this. If I go to church, God will give me this. If I pray, God will give me this. And God can and God sometimes does, but God doesn't do everything we want. God's not our errand boy. We are God's errand people. God tells us through his word what to do and we are to do it. It's not the other way around. When God doesn't do what we want, we can't go before God and say, God, I'm angry with you, you didn't do what I want, so therefore I'm not going to, I did all this for you and you didn't do this for me, so I'm done with you. We can be angry, that's a normal emotion, but we must identify where our anger comes from. Does it come from a works-based situation where I did all this for God and God didn't come through for me? Or is it God said this was going to happen in his time? And I just have to settle on that. Whether it happens tomorrow, next week, or in the next ten years, God said it, that settles it, I believe it. That's where the Gentiles were. That's why Peter can say things in the book of Acts like silver and gold have I none in the name of Jesus Christ raise up and walk they all they just believed peter believed when he said it and the person that heard it believed it that's why he got up and walked they just believed they just believed and so when we when we think about our life and we think about what god uh, has told us god's told us things right god has god's given us some sort of the glimpses of the plan right does it always happen when we expect it to happen does things happen when we expect things to happen when it doesn't god taught us me and amy this with with our with trying to have justin to wait god taught us to wait god promised it that we would have children. We wanted them right away. We were younger then. We were 29. You know? 29. And Justin was, We God told us we're going to have children. I wanted children. I wanted children like right now. I was so excited about being married and wanted a family. God said, you'll have children. So we started having trying to have children. And we were told we couldn't have children. That was kinda hard. That was kinda hard. Now the, the workspace system person would say, Well, God, you said this and you did now I'm not now I can't. I did all this and now I don't want to be with you. Because you because you lied to me. That's a work works based thing. And we dealt a little bit with the whole, you know, if God said this, why is this happening? But then we had to settle in our heart that God said it, therefore we accept it and we believe it. And so then we just continued believing. Lo and behold, we're both 10 years older. Not 10 years wiser, but 10 years older. And lo and behold, here comes Justin. August of 2011. So we're thinking, wow, okay. She's pregnant. God said it. I wish you'd have done it a lot sooner because I'm older now. I'm 38. You know, you think about those things. But God said it, and we had to come to the place of believing it. We had those moments where we questioned God, and God said, wait. Just wait. You know, those kinds of things are hard to do. I hate waiting. And that picture's in my sons, too. They hate waiting. But we do. We all hate waiting. It's like, you know, Ruth got some guy wait till Tuesday to get results. Sure it would have been nice to have those results than when you left the hospital, right? Or some kind of a glimpse of an understanding of what you're looking at. I hate waiting. But God said wait. And every time that we had those situations where we doubted God would say wait. And so we waited. And so we waited. And so we waited, and God honored our time of waiting. Ten years of waiting, many people that are, that, are, that are not believers would have just given up. Well, we can't have kids, so there's no point in trying. But God said it, and we had to believe it. God has said things into each and every one to each and every one of you, right? God has been speaking in your lives for a long time, right? Giving you glimpses of the plan, giving you glimpses of the journey, and things that He says. Do you just believe it, or do you doubt? And I think that, you know, I, you know, a lot of people say, "Well, doubting is is not right. Doubting is bad. You shouldn't be doubting God." But doubt is a doubt is a normal emotion. We see that in the scripture, you know. Sarah doubted. I believe it was Sarah that laughed. Sarah laughed as a form of doubt. Right? So that's a normal emotion. But that normal emotion of doubt, we should then, if we're truly believers, we center ourselves back and we say, God said it. Even though it seems outlandish, God said it. Therefore I believe it. Right? God said it, therefore I believe it. God has spoken things, I believe, into everyone's life in this room. Maybe that loved one that that you know that you or that friend that you know that you want to come to know the Lord and that is God's will that everyone comes to know the Lord, and you're praying for that and you know that it's God's will, and it doesn't happen right away. It'll happen eventually just be a witness be a witness the bible says a great thing about that is that his word never returns to him void you know what that means anything that you say if you if you are there for someone with the love of christ or if you're there with someone and you and the lord gives you a scripture and you talk to that person and you reference that scripture or you say that scripture that scripture will not return to God void. When that person will need that scripture, that scripture will be there in their head or in their heart. And the use of that scripture will then begin to chip away at their hard heart and it will begin to then soften their heart to the love of God. Just wait. It's hard, but just wait. I'm going to do something a little bit different right now. How, how 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 many of us have unsaved loved ones? People that aren't people in our families that are not saved. Have you prayed for them? Probably all the time. Are they saved yet? Nope. It's God's will that they are. But it's going to happen in God's perfect time. We have to believe it. God said it, we have to believe it. We're Gentiles. This is our example. Gentiles in the book of Romans, the book of Acts, just believed. They just believed. We're Gentiles. Are we going to just believe? Are we going to just believe God? Now, there's there's a scripture here for the four it says um, for they stumbled over the stumbling stone as it is written look I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense Jesus if you look at Jesus' ministry Jesus' life was he received by the Jew, by the Jewish people and the Pharisees and Sadducees no he was offensive he was confrontational they didn't like him because he was, he was after all, they, they plotted to kill him and succeeded, but then he succeeded three days later. And it says, and whosoever believes in him, that him is capitalized. So that means we're talking about Jesus. Whoever, who, whoever believes in him, Jesus, will not be ashamed. Now, this is a twofold meaning. Okay, what does it say about what does Jesus say about His Father? If you are ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of my. I'll, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. Right. So He's saying here that one of those things is that we will not be ashamed because of the joy and peace that God can bring. We should be happy about that. We should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We should not be ashamed of what Jesus did. Some people fall back from that, though, because they don't want to offend anybody and say, well, we, we talked this morning about how God healed uh, a gentleman that, that some of you know, and, and how God healed that young, young man in that movie Breakthrough, and God brought him back to life. We talk about that. Some people would shy away from that. Some people would shy away from that. Well, I might, I might offend somebody, or I might, I might get ridiculed, or I might get called names, or I might get. Don't be ashamed of Christ. He said, Those who really know him will not be ashamed. Those who know him will not be ashamed. We are to stand loud and proud. My kids do this. My, my kids' teachers tell them this when they're doing their little programs sing it loud and proud. Sing it loud and proud. We should be doing that with Jesus. What did Jesus do for you? What has Jesus brought you through in your life? Use that as a witnessing tool. Use that as a way to, to show people that God is not a respecter of person. In other words, God doesn't just, God is just not around the people that come to church dressed in suits and dressed in ties, and, and God is not just for the people that, are, that are, have it all together. Those are the type of people that Jesus shied away from. He liked the, the screwballs and the nuts and all those things. He liked those types of people. I have a, I have a, I have a saying by Mark Lowry. Mark Lowry always says this. He, says, he, he always says this in his comedy act. He says, we're all just a pack of freaks trying to find our way home. And that's really what we are. Or he says, I'm a beggar trying to, find, trying to tell other beggars where the food is. That's what we are. That's what we are. Use those things in your life that God has done to share God's love, and God will use it. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. If God's touched your life, tell somebody. If God's, if God's healed you of something, tell somebody. God's brought you out of something, tell somebody. Maybe God's walking through something with you right now. Tell somebody. Tell somebody. Give glory to God. Give the glory to God. You might be a stumbling block at first, but those words will not come back to God void. Those words will not come back to God void. They won't. That person you're talking to might be going through something similar down the road, and they might remember that conversation they had with you. Well, if they can go through that with God, maybe I can too. You see, you never know. You never know. God says it, we believe it. It's already settled. God said it, and we believe it. So in closing, the question we want to think, the questions we want to consider are this: Are we ashamed of what God has done in our life? Maybe not ashamed, ashamed, but if someone were to ask you, "What's different about you? Why are you always so happy? Why have you always got a smile on your face going through trial? What do you tell them? I tell them, Jesus. Jesus is bringing me through this. I'm, I walk with Jesus. Or you say, I don't know, or something. I'm doing okay. You know, sometimes being honest can bring people to the Lord. I'm going through a virtual hell right now, but I know Jesus is walking with me through it. And the day when that person might be going through a virtual hell, they might call out for Jesus to walk with them through it. You never know. You never know. Be honest. Love the Lord. Serve the Lord. Don't do things by ways of if I do this, I will get this. If I... I, do this, then God will give me this. Don't be like that. What has God told you? Just believe it. Just believe it. And if we just believe it, what we read and what we pray and what we do, those kinds of things, will then be um, complemented in our week, in our life, actually, really. Really. Don't be offended. Question the question was are we ashamed or offended to talk about the Lord? That's the first one. Second one is why do you do what you do? What is your motivation? If God said it, do you just believe it or do you set a set a set an agenda for a certain amount of tasks to appease God to your request. God said it. Do we believe it? That's a difficult one. That's a hard one. The best of believers fall into this trap. Because we're human. We're not, a, we're not unimmune to it. We're, we're, we're not immune to it. We fall into doubt and fear and questioning God. But do we center ourselves back and say, God, you said it, and I believe it. In regards to our loved ones that are not saved, God said that he is not willing that any should perish, but all would come to repentance. That's what he said. That's what he said. So in other words, that that is a is a call to us. Take as many with us as we can. Take as many with us as we can. Those loved ones, start sharing your faith with them. Start memorizing scripture, and God will bring it back to your heart and your mind when you need it. It won't return him void. He'll, he'll, He'll speak it to their heart when they need it. And eventually maybe not in our lifetime, maybe not in our time frame, they will come to know the Lord. Or they will at least know that they need to turn their heart to God and then it's their choice, whether they do or they don't. But it won't return to God void. Amen? So those are the things I want to encourage you with this week. Do those things. Continue to read in your word. Continue to spend time with God Continue to do the things that God wants you to do. Spend that time in his word. Read, study, and pray. Read, study, and pray. That emboldens us to do these things. We read and we study and we pray. Prayerfully consider his word. Read more in your word than you ever have before. Amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this word. Father, help us to uh, prayerfully consider these questions, prayerfully consider these thoughts and this message. Help us to seek you to be better than we are right now. Touch us in Jesus' mighty name. Give us strength to do that which you've called us to do. Give us the boldness to do it. And Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. You know, some, some might question why might ask why I ask these challenges every week and why or so much sometimes every week, sometimes but why do I ask questions? Why do I want us to ask these questions of ourselves? It's because I ask the questions of myself every day. As I read the scripture and God brings these things out, I ask myself these questions because I want to be better for God. And I want you to be better for God. We should always want to grow. We should always want to be be more than we are right now, to be closer to God, to draw near to God. That's why the questions. That's why the questions. May God bless you this week as you look to him, as you read his word, and as you draw near to him. May he draw near to you. May you feel his presence. May he bless you in your daily lives. And may you begin to be a witness more than you are right now for those that you see every day. Amen. Amen.